Welcome to this week's episode of the Thinking Big Podcast. Today is part one of a special five-part series on the mind and how it really works. In part one, we're going to talk about our two minds, our two thinking systems, and just how powerful they are. In part two, we're going to go and take a deep dive into the subconscious thinking system and really understand what it's doing. In part three, we're going to discuss our built-in Google search engine. And in part four, we're going to look at imagination, the heartbeat of our creativity and growth. And finally, in part five, we're going to discuss how we can harness the power that we have inside of us. So today, we're thinking big on our minds and the quantum computer within. Welcome to the Thinking Big Podcast with Sean Osborne, the show helping you think bigger into your life and potential. Sean believes by equipping you with the tools, strategies, and philosophies required to be successful in all aspects of your life, you can achieve anything you believe in. Empowering our own growth makes a deeply positive and lasting impact on our lives, community, and our world. Now, here's Sean. All right, welcome to this special series of the Thinking Big Podcast. And this series is all on the mind and how it really works. And today we are going through part one. And this is really, this is a fantastic baseline to understanding how uh, we operate, how we think. And we're really going to be going over today your two different thinking systems, your two different minds, uh, and and how it actually works. And, and let me tell you, the mind has been studied since the beginning of time. Uh, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back and, and I'm going to really focus on stuff from, let's say, the 1900s and above uh, and stuff that, you know, work that has affected my life, work that has uh, made, you know, the mind and how it works uh, relevant to me. And I have been obsessed with studying and applying these timeless truths that have really been passed down for centuries. And we've lost sight of a lot of this stuff. I'm telling you, we really have. And since science, you know, now that it's uh, science and technology have advanced, they've really removed a lot of the mystery from why these techniques work, you know, how the mind really works. And it really provides a clear roadmap to supercharging success for anybody who wants to use them. And there are a lot of ways to think about this, and I'm sure you've heard it. If you've been in personal development uh, for any time at all, you've heard you know the things like uh, the conscious and subconscious. Uh, you've heard all of these different theories that have really, in my mind, they have two different minds. There's two different systems. There's two different things driving us. And you know, you look back at you know, for instance, Napoleon Hill. You know, at the beginning of the 1900s, you know, he started his work I think in 1917, and in the mid 20s, you know, he uh, introduced the law of success, which you know, and then again in, in 37, he introduced Think and Grow Rich, where he began to talk about the brain and he began to talk about the subconscious mind and and how those drove us to success. And at that time, there's no science behind it. It's just, you know, what he's observed with you know, all the people that he interviewed and what he's kind of figured out on his own. You know, and then in the mid-30s, you have, you know, people like Thurman Fleet, who uh, introduced concept therapy uh, and Stickman, which I absolutely love Stickman. Uh, in my work, uh, I use a lot of Stickman. As a matter of fact, uh, if you've ever listened to or watched Bob Proctor, you know, he uses a lot of stickman as well. And they, and that's really where you start talking about the conscious and subconscious mind and the stickman. 
Uh, and your conscious mind, you know, this is your thinking mind. You know, this is where your free will lies. Your conscious mind is, you know, your intellectual mind. Uh, your subconscious, you know, they talk about that as, you know, this is your feeling mind, your emotional mind, your spiritual mind. Uh, if you ever heard like IQ and EQ, that's intellectual mind and emotional mind. Uh, that's what they're talking about, the IQ and EQ. And then really in, in, at least in my opinion, in the 50s and 60s, you started getting doctors that were looking into this and they're starting to do, you know, neuroscience on this stuff. And, and Maxwell Maltz in the 60s came out with Psycho-Cybernetics. And if you have never read that book, that is a fantastic book to read. Uh, and he starts talking about what he calls the self-image, which again, that's really the subconscious mind. And then you get into, you know, such scientists such as uh, Bruce Lipton with the biology of belief, you know, and, and, and we're now getting into neuroscience again. Yeah, but, you know, the belief that we're just frail, you know, biochemical machines controlled by our genes is now really giving away to the science and understanding that we are powerful creators in our lives and the worlds that we live in. And then, you know, in the 2000s, you have Daniel Kahneman, uh, which is f another great book on thinking fast and slow. You know, he won a Nobel Prize in 2011, and he, too, says there's two different minds. There's two different thinking systems. You know, he calls it your fast thinking and your slow thinking or your system one, your system two. And that is, to me, that is a great way to think about it because our subconscious mind is truly fast. And we're going to get into just how fast that is. Uh, and your conscious mind, it's, well, it's pretty damn slow. Now in the subconscious mind, you need to understand a couple of things. And you've probably heard this, but first off, everything you have ever experienced is stored there. Everything you've ever experienced from the moment you were born, every thought, Every idea, every vibration is stored there. It never goes away, and it's connected to you forever. And we'll get into this, but all the stuff is being referenced all the time with associations. And I think that's going. To, we're going to get into associations more in uh, part two of the series. Uh, so we'll we'll get to that. But you know, you've probably heard the saying, and you've heard it taught. You know, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, when they're saying heart, they're talking about his subconscious. They're talking about his spiritual mind, his emotional mind. You know, as a matter of fact, you know, the Greek word for mind and spirit are the same. So as you, you know, as you think into the subconscious, so are you. Uh, that is so, so powerful. And you, you can place into your subconscious mind whatever you want. You have been given free will. And that's what this whole series is about. Just think what we've learned, you know, in the last, you know, 50, 60 years with neuroscience about the mind and how it works. And I mean, I'm telling you, this is huge, huge shifts. And how, at least for me, how much more convincing is it, you know, now that it's evidence-based, it's science-based, it's not just some, you know, foo-foo stuff that someone's talking about. So now let's get into, you know, we talked about you have the two different systems, the two different minds. Now let's kind of get into just how powerful are those minds? Just how powerful uh, are these things that, that we have inside of us that, you know, that, that we control? Well, let me tell you about this because the subconscious mind, well, first we'll go with the conscious mind. The conscious mind, you know, and again, this is all science-based. You know, this is stuff they've done, brain scans, they've done things. This isn't just some random stuff. But your conscious mind is operating at about 2,000 bits per second. And that's pretty fast. So you think about 2,000 bits uh, per second is being processed within your conscious mind. Well, your subconscious mind processing around 4 billion bits per second. Think about that. 
four billion bits compared to two thousand bits, and we're going to get just how 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 big of a you know how vast of a difference that is. Uh, as an example, it would take an average of eight thousand size novels to fit four thousand zeros, and at two thousand, that's less than half of a millionth of a percent of what you're processing. And think about it this way. How many pin dots can you do uh, in a second? You know, where you tap your pin on the paper and, and create a dot. How many can you do in a second? I got around eight, uh, the most I've ever done. And it, so let, let's just make it easy for math. Let's call it 10. It would take you three and a half minutes to do 2,000 dots. It would take you around 12 and a half years to do 4 billion dots. And there are some people in the scientific community that estimate, get this, an entire lifetime's worth of conscious information. That's an entire lifetime volume-wise of conscious information is being collected and processed every minute within your subconscious mind. So if you think about that, if you filled up a hard drive uh, with your conscious thought throughout your whole life, that's how big the hard drive was, you would be filling up that hard drive every minute with your subconscious mind. And just how powerful is this and, and how can we use it for, for what we want to do? And, and, you know, how can we tap in to that quantum computer, that, that amazing amount of, of, of technology that we have in our in ourselves? And one of them, you know, one story that uh, do you remember when you first started driving? Now, when you first started driving, you drove consciously. You didn't drive subconsciously. You drove consciously. You know, like, oh, my God, I've got gas. I've got brake. I've got, you know, I've got people around me. I've got pedestrians. I've got stop signs. I've got to watch where I'm going. I've got to watch my speed. You know, who's coming up behind me? You, it was exhausting. And you were trying to drive consciously. And it's exhausting trying to process all of that data consciously from driving. And literally within a few months, you turned over that entire thing to your subconscious mind. You're driving, turned it entirely over to your subconscious mind. And just think about what you did. So the latest in, in car technology is self-driving cars, right? It, there's, it's got multiple computers. It's got sensors and cameras all the way around it. It's doing all this processing. You did that automatically when you, when you turned that over to your subconscious mind. You, without even knowing about it, you programmed your subconscious mind with a program that we're just getting to in technology-wise for, for cars and self-driving cars. I mean, think about that. And, and the way we talk about it in this, in this, uh, this stuff that I do is, you know, the only job the subconscious mind should do is should ID problems, formulate goals, and then get the hell out of the way. Turn it over to that subconscious mind. Turn it over to that power. Try consciously beating your heart right now. Try consciously sweating. You cannot do that. You cannot, you cannot consciously control what's being controlled in the subconscious mind. All right, so let's get into how we think. So we think in pictures. You think in images. You think in pictures. If I say, uh, describe your house or describe your car, you would automatically have a picture in your mind with a car, with your, with your house. That's just, that's how we think. We think in pictures. And the, the most basic principle that our, that our mind operates in is what's called associations. And associations is really a connection between any two ideas, any two stimulus, any two experiences. And it's just the connection between those. And that, I'm telling you, that is the principle that our brain runs on. As a matter of fact, our entire nervous system, in fact, runs on associations. Uh, and again, it's simply the connection between ideas, stimuluses, and experiences. You know, everything we do 
is based on association. When I say orange, you automatically associate that with pictures in your mind. Automatically, without even having to do it. Your, your fast thinking or your subconscious mind automatically does that. And we're going to give this a little try. So part of what we're going to do in this in this podcast is we're going to go through stuff. But I'm going to have a, actually have you try doing stuff. I'm going to have you do some experiments. And yes, you can do most of these while you're driving. So don't worry about that. So let's try this out. I'm going to uh, give you a sentence and I want you to complete it. I want you just to finish it out. A giraffe makes me think of... What does a giraffe make you think of? Just yell it out. Yell it out in your car. Uh, if you're at work, write it down. Uh, whatever it is. Just what a giraffe makes me think of what? And I want you to really look at it. Uh, you're, there's going to be you're going to be flooded with with uh, images. The images that pop right in. I want you to understand, and I want you to see how little effort it was when you said uh, when I said a giraffe makes me think of. You automatically, without any hesitation, without any you know. Uh, burning of calories you, you it took you no resources to come up with those ideas and your subconscious mind is flooding you with images flooding you with uh, sensations with with feelings with ideas uh, based on that and a couple things to notice is I did what's called triggering I just triggered you and you are being triggered all the time every day it nonstop every stimulus from your five senses Everything you see, everything you touch, everything you hear, taste, smell, everything you remember, every time you see the screen of your phone, you are being triggered. And it does just what I did. It floods your nervous system with activity. It recalls, it connects, it floods with associations. And I really want you to see how easy and effortless it was for your for your subconscious thinking to come up with those images and those things. You know, you didn't have to think about it. You didn't have to decide. You just let the information flow right through you into your conscious mind. You know, and all this happens all the time. It's never stopping. Those associations, those images, are never going vacation. They never sleep. They're always running twenty four by seven. Uh, but really, that's just the beginning of this. This is where it starts getting interesting. Our subconscious mind is also filtering out stuff continuously. Almost everything that from our nervous system captures from our all of our five senses, from our stimulations, we're, we're, stimulations, it's all being rained down upon us. And our nervous system captures, you know, it's capturing a staggering amount of data, and it's almost all being screened out before. It reaches us consciously before it reaches our conscious mind. The subconscious mind is given the most likely picture based on your associations. So you're, it's getting all of these things, all these images. When I said, uh, you know, the draft, you might have had 10,000 things go, in, go through your subconscious mind and, and you were presented a few. You were presented one at a time. Boom, boom. That's all it was giving you. You're not seeing reality. You're seeing what your subconscious is giving me. In addition to this, you know, deleting and filtering of, of data uh, through your filtering system, your subconscious mind has a silent editing system that it would put any Hollywood special effects studio to shame. Everything you're seeing, everything you're feeling, everything you're doing, it's all being transformed. It's being modified. It's being altered, edited. You know, they're cutting and pasting things together, deleting things, highlighting out, putting, you know, uh, Instagram filters on things. All this editing is being done all the time and think of the subconscious mind as really a film editor it's keeping only 
what he or she thinks is best. And the most important point I want you to understand about this is your brain, about this amazing editing power is that you have no awareness that any editing is happening at all. You have, there's no stimulus. There's nothing that, that even remotely shows you that things are being edited before they go to your subconscious. Your subconscious mind is simply receiving a finished picture of reality, completely cleaned up and ready to act upon. And there is virtually, there is none. There is absolutely no sensation to signal anything that's been edited at all. We don't even know it's, it's happening. You don't have conscious access to the nerve impulses of your fingers. You know, that'd be insane to deal with. You know, there is so much information that it would probably take you months to figure out how to, you know, snap your fingers. And this has been going on your entire life. And more than likely, you have been completely unaware of this. You know, think how powerful it would be uh, to be involved in this process instead of just passively at the end you know, like watching a movie. Wouldn't it be much better to be creating the movie than just to be watching the movie? If we can control and experience it, we're going to be able to lead our lives in a very powerful and in a direction that we want to go. You know, we used to think, you know, the, the scientific community used to think, you know, 20 to 30 years ago that we remembered things like a video camera. You know, it was recorded in honest pictures uh, and stowed away in the memory like a, like a library. Everything was, you know, just as it is. Uh, we now understand that our subconscious mind and our memory is nothing like that. And every time we remember, for instance, we have this combination of calling specific components, main ideas, and triggers and we're imagining and associating everything else. Our imagination, that's what's getting triggered every time we remember. And this is one of the first clues to the power that is at your fingertips, you know, to change the way we relate ourselves to our lives. All right, so we're gonna do an editing example. You know, we talked about editing and how everything's edited together. We're gonna do an editing example. If you're driving, you can still do this. Uh, if you're at work, if you're at home, it doesn't matter, you can do this. So here's what I want you to do. What we're gonna do is we're going to snap our fingers. I want you to try it a few times. You know, snap your fingers. But what I want you to do is I want you to pay very close attention to snapping your fingers. I want you to watch your hand. I want you to look at it. I want you to feel it. I want you to be very aware of everything that's going on. Be extremely more aware of this than anything you've done in the past week. I want you to focus on that and I want you to snap. Look at that. Feel that. Now I want you to notice something that uh, you've experienced three sensations simultaneously. You know, the feel of your fingers snapping together and, and snapping down onto your palm, the sound of the snap, and then watching your finger hit your uh, hit your palm you know you can see it feel it see it hear it and these events were completely synchronized in time from your point of view this all happened together to generate this one sensation of snapping right but i've got some bad news for you it wasn't synchronized at all not even very closely we talked about three different sensations and they operate at three completely different speeds the sensation of feeling, you know, of the, the snap through your hand uh, and then went up through your arm and into your brain at about 200 miles per hour. The sound that leapt across the air uh, to your ear 
was at 700 miles per hour. That's over three times the speed. And it processed just a short distance once it got there uh, through your audio cortex. And the light of your fingers that you saw moving literally traveled at the speed of light. It entered your eyes and, and stimulated your retina and activated one of the largest regions of your brain, the visual processing cortex, at 670 million miles per hour. What your nervous system experienced was three of your sensations reporting back at all different times. Uh, think of it like three journalists that were covering an event uh, that all came back to the editor at different times. You know, what the editor had to do is he had to kind of put those piece, those things together, s stitch them together to make one event. And your brain is editing everything back together. So it appeared to you that all three things happened at the same time, but they were really over 1 20th of a second apart. And I know you're saying, ah, oh, 1 20th, that's not bad. If you were watching a movie with a black frame every 20th of a second, the movie would be blinking. It would be blinking at you. And if the sound of my voice was 1 20th of a second behind my lips uh, moving, if we, if we were on video, you would be so disturbed you'd look away. You would not be able to watch me. And your brain is typically exercising and editing events up to 1 10th of a second apart. Think about that. Your brain just edited three different things so it made sense to you, put them together, and made one sensation for you, but it wasn't one at all. It was three completely different things edited together. So what is the subconscious thinking? You know, what, what is this part of us? And it's really the part of our brain, the part of our body, the part of us that is processing incoming information and associating it to everything we already know. Its job is to construct a view of the world. You know, it, its job is to take in every piece of information that is available to it, not just from your five senses, you know, your, what you see, what you hear, what you feel, what you taste, what you smell. Every piece means every piece. Everything you can remember, everything you can anticipate, everything anyone has told you, all of that is integrated real time into your view of the world. It also does this fetch and search behavior. You know, we talked about associations. You know, when I triggered you on the giraffe, how effortlessly it was to come up with those associations. Flooded your brain. That's your subconscious thinking at work. It's ancient. Every organism on the planet that has a nervous system has subconscious thinking. Think about that. Every organism that's got a nervous system has subconscious thinking. It is completely automatic and takes literally zero effort, burns almost zero calories. This has been tested. You can do brain scans while people are using their subconscious, and it literally takes no effort, no calories to burn. It's effortlessly, it's automatically, and it's doing it all the time, constantly. It creates our view of the world, but it takes so many shortcuts because it doesn't have a lot of time. It's doing all this real time. Now, the conscious mind, uh, that is how we see ourselves. When you think of yourself, that's your conscious. You know, conscious thinking is our executive function, you know, the part that analyzes and makes tough decisions, sets goals and priorities. You know, it is the part we normally think of as us. And everything it does is influenced by our fast thinking, by our subconscious mind. Think about that. Everything our conscious mind does is influenced by our subconscious. Uh, again, this is our executive function. Its job is to decide, to analyze, to think ahead strategically, to set goals. 
Conscious is also a new feature, relatively speaking, in organisms in the universe. You know, as far as we know, uh, there's a number of mammals and birds that have this uh, functionality, uh, some reptiles, but relatively speaking, it is recent within organisms. And it requires intentionality. It requires intentionality to exercise. You must intentionally choose. As opposed to the subconscious mind, you didn't choose what came into your brain, you know, on the giraffe example. You know, you didn't have to think about it. It just happened. You know, you just watched it as it appeared in your conscious. Uh, now, now you did choose which one to write down or you did choose which one to say. Uh, you did do that, but you didn't choose what came into your mind. And we'll go into, you know, why you chose, what you chose, and why you chose it in, in later episodes. Uh, but your conscious mind, you have to be intentional. All right, so we're going to put this to test again. So take a deep breath, and I want you to really see what comes into your mind when I say this. So I want to see what, what flows into your mind when I read this to you. And here we go. Are you ready? All right, here we go. And approach the bank. And approach the bank. And I want you to picture in your mind, write down what you saw, you know, a description of what, you, what you're seeing. You know, what picture came into your mind? What came to you when I said, and approach the bank? Now, without context and without priming, and we're going to go into those, uh, your subconscious mind gives you the most likely picture for you based on everything you know and its recency of inputs. And you didn't push back. You didn't doubt it. Just what came up, came up. And if you're like anybody that does, uh, you know, some of my stuff live, I can tell you that more than likely you pictured a female uh, at a bank, at an ATM, a female with money, a female with whatever it is. But you associated when I said and approach the bank, you more than likely had a picture of money, banks and, and a female. Now, what about this? What about a female in a canoe approaching a bank and approach the bank? She was approaching the bank in her canoe. It's this, so it's the same input. And, and your subconscious mind now says, oh, okay, yeah, that too. Yeah, that's fine, that, that, that too. You know, your subconscious mind doesn't question it. It doesn't hesitate. Uh, it didn't get mad when you saw this other picture of Anne approaching the bank. It said, oh, yeah, you know, I, I can see that, yeah. Uh, and this is so important because your subconscious mind is serving up pictures. It is serving up your reality. And sometimes... That's not always right. Now, if you were in one of my uh, classes uh, right now, we would be going over a picture. So I'm, I'm going to just kind of describe this. And we'll, we'll see how this works, but I'm going to describe this. It's a picture of three different people all within one picture, all within one. It's a matter of fact, I'll attach it to, uh, I'll attach it to this episode so you can get that picture and you can see it and you can go through this. Uh, but if I showed you the picture, your subconscious mind would be uncomfortable. Uh, it's, it's an image that, because you can't picture it all at once. You can't, you can't picture everything at once. It's a picture of an old man with a mustache. It's a picture of a young lady walking away. It's a picture of an old lady. It's all of these. It's none of these. And it's very confusing to your subconscious mind. Now, it's not clear initially what the right answer is. Is there a right answer? Are they all right? Are they none right? And life is very much like this picture. And this is the whole purpose of this is life is a lot like this. You know, it's not complete. 
It's not perfect. You know, you can do the very best you can uh, to make the best of it, but it's not complete. It's not a complete picture all the time. You have to make the, the conscious decision on what to, what to look for. And oftentimes there are several different views that are valid of the same piece of information. Think how important that is. Most of the time when we look at something, there are multiple different views that are valid, not just our view. And the importance of this picture is you can see when you look at the, you know, if you, if you download the picture, you can see all three of those faces within the picture, but you cannot see them at the same time. You cannot see the old man at the same time as the old woman. You can consciously know that they're there, uh, but you cannot see them at the same time. Uh, you can flip back and forth between them uh, and you can know that they're there, but you cannot fully see all the images at the same time. And it's because your mind, you know, one of those things, think about it like this. Once the information is used up and assigned, it cannot be used for something else. It cannot contradict its meaning. So when you look at that, you can't, your, your subconscious mind cannot have contradictions. It's either that or this. It's not both things. Your subconscious mind does not understand contradictions. So this not only happens visually, you know, I just, we just did it visually with a picture, uh, but it does it experientially as well. So when you say that you understand what's happening, you know, do you? Maybe there's some really good reasons why you should examine those things. And what's the difference between, you know, the subconscious and the conscious? The most important thing to understand at this point is your subconscious thinking uses your biological association engine to construct a coherent picture of the world. And it can only construct one picture at a time. If you think about this, you know, I've, uh, have you ever been walking down the sidewalk and all of a sudden you just jump back because you think you saw a snake? It might have been a stick. It might have been, you know, whatever it was, but you thought it was a snake and you jump back. Your subconscious mind wasn't going to sit there and, you know, say, well, is it, is it a snake? Is it a stick? Is it a, you know, a branch? What, what is that? No, it, it sees something. It does not think in contradictions. It said, snake, you jump back. This is why you cannot, your subconscious does not think in uh, contradictions. It doesn't allow for that. It can only construct one picture at a time. And this is so important to understand. It's why when you look at uh, optical illusions, you know, that, that picture I showed you of the man, the young woman, and the old woman, uh, that you can only see one thing at a time. It's why you can only see one of those pictures. You can swap sometimes very quickly between them when you look at it, but you can only see one at a time. The information in your nervous system resolved into a single picture each time. As a matter of fact, all the other data when, you're, when you have that one picture is screened out. Your subconscious mind has screened everything else out. It only sees that one picture at a time. Conscious thinking can and does think in contradictions. You know, think about that stick. You know, consciously you might have sat there and looked at it and said, is it a stick? Is it a snake? Is it a, you know, once you've jumped back. But so your conscious mind does all the time think in contradictions. So what we need to do is use that to pry open what our subconscious mind is thinking. Thank you so much for listening to episode number one. In part two, we're going to really dive deeper into the subconscious mind, how it works. Uh, so stay tuned for uh, the next couple of days, the next week, I will be releasing part number two.